0: Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. I hope everyone had a great week. It's fall. That means it's football. Dylan, I'm tracking with you. It's my favorite time of the year. It's hood like hoodie weather's coming. Like, ah, oh, this is like where I feel like most alive is in the fall. Right. So, um, really quickly what Dylan said about right now media, like, I just want to echo that, like take advantage of that. Like it's, so people call it the, um, like the Netflix of Bible studies, right? Like it's got all different types of topics and books and like, like, uh, like studies on books of the bible or different speakers like sermons and stuff i mean it's an incredible resource and so um and it's it's free to you so take advantage of it um talk talk to me afterwards or talk to someone at the info table talk to chelsea i mean whoever whoever you need to talk to like figure out how to be able to take advantage of that so um, it's an awesome resource, and um, I want you to be able to utilize it. So we are—we have been in a series called Relationships, and talking about um, relationships between us the way God intended us to have relationships. And the first week, I talked about how we're tied together, how we our relationships with each other are intertwined with our relationship with God, and we can't experience the fullness of God without relationships with each other. The next week, Pastor Richard talked about worshiping together and how how worship isn't like this, this individual activity. It's, it's something that we're supposed to do together. Uh, last week, I talked about mourning together, and I talked about how we shouldn't go through grief alone how we should bring people in to our grief with us and and this week um, we're concluding our relationship series and the, the title of my message this week is called Growing Together Growing Together and um, before I dive into our um, main scriptures for this this verse or for this this message I want to share a little update with you so, um, I want to update you on my health journey. So um, on April 25th this year, I started this health journey and uh, just under five months, right? And so in just under five months, I've lost 91 pounds and I've gotten really healthy. Yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. Awesome. 91 pounds. And Um, it's been difficult. I won't be, I won't lie. It's been difficult. I've been hungry a lot, but it's been so good because I mean, I think about that. I think about that, that Bible verse, beat your body and make it your slave. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to do that. Right. Um, so it's been so good for me and, um, towards the beginning of this journey, I think I asked a lot of you for, for your prayers to, to pray for me. And, and so if you've been doing that, if you've been, been praying for me, been praying with me, thank you for your support. Like I truly believe I couldn't be where I'm at where in this journey without your support. So thank you so much. Um, I, I bring this up because this week as I'm preparing this message, I was thinking about this. Man, I couldn't have done this without the help of people. I couldn't have done this without, without everybody's help. And so vulnerability time, okay? I have been a big guy for probably my entire adult life, right? And I've struggled with weight and health my entire adult life. And I've fluctuated and got in like, you know, clothes sizes and gone up and down and like all this. And thinking about it this week, I noticed a pattern. I noticed a pattern. When I was doing well with my health journey, when I was like at a healthy weight and I was eating right and exercising and that kind of thing, I had people in my life encouraging me. I had people in my life pushing me. I had people in my life challenging me in that area. And I think about when I wasn't doing well, when I was doing poorly, when I was gaining weight and going up clothes sizes and that kind of thing, I noticed I shut people out. I kept people away. I wasn't bringing people into the struggle with me. And so I, I realized that the success of my health journey is dependent on people being in it with me. Anytime I tried to do it on my own, anytime I tried to, to master this area on my own, it didn't work. I, it, inevitably, I failed. If I was going to succeed and grow in this area of my life, I, I realized the key is to bring people into this area with me and not shut people out. Currently, um, I have, like, a, a, a health coach, right? He checks in with me uh, almost every week. I, I can call him whenever I need, and, and I even have brought a few specific people in here in and have asked them to hold me accountable. Hey, I need your help keeping me on track in this thing, right? So um, I, can't, I couldn't have done what I've done without the help of people, I need other people to help me grow. I need other people to help me accomplish the goals I have in front of me. Have you ever had a goal that you're trying to reach? Have you ever had something you're trying to accomplish? I'm willing to bet. Now, I'm not a betting man, right? But I would put money on it that any, almost anything you've accomplished in your life, you've accomplished with the help of somebody, You've nine times out of ten, when we accomplish goals or when we like achieve things, it's with the help of other people. One of one of my least favorite uh, phrases that people use is "self-made." Self-made. I'm a self-made man. I picked myself up by my bootstraps and I made it happen for me, me and me alone. Um, A few years ago. Kylie Jenner, um, she's like a makeup entrepreneur, she's part of the whole Kardashian experiment. Um, she made news for using this phrase, Kylie Jenner called herself a self-made billionaire and she got crushed for this. She got crushed for this and some people even argued the only reason she's got any money at all is because of the name, like the name that she's associated with, her family, right? Like. She, but she claims she did it all herself, but she had an entire network of people that were helping her, that were funding her, that were pushing her, that were encouraging her, that were teaching her how to do what she's currently doing. She didn't become successful on her own. If we're going to grow, we need each other. If we're going to accomplish the goals that we have set in front of us, we need each other. If if we're going to see the things of God come true in our lives, we need each other. We need each other. We can't do it on our own. Today, I want to look at what, um, what the scriptures have to say about this idea of growing together because I think the scriptures have something really powerful to teach us about this. But before I dive into the word, would you pray with me? Let's pray this morning. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you um, designed us to need each other. You designed us to be in community with one another. And I pray, God, today that you would open our hearts and our minds to understand your word and to apply it to our lives. God, we need your grace and your mercy in this area. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can open it up or turn it on to Acts chapter two, Acts of the Apostles chapter two. We're going to start in verse forty-two, and uh, while you're flipping there, while you're going there, I want to, um, I want to say something. I say almost every time I preach. Whenever I preach, I preach from a perspective of there and then. There and then means like to understand how the Bible applies here and now. We have to understand what it meant in context. There and then, I never want to take scripture and twist it to mean what I want it to mean. I want to understand what it means so we can then apply it to our lives, right? So, Acts chapter 2, but leading up to that, right? uh, Rewind to the the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus was beaten and crucified, and he was died, and, and he died, right? Three days later, he rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave. Okay, and then he has this encounter with his disciples. The the resurrected Jesus has this encounter with his disciples, and he charges them in Matthew chapter twenty-eight. He says, "Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Some some versions say are all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you." Right. Then, before the resurrected Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells his disciples, "Hey, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for." this gift that my father has for you, the gift, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to go and I want you to pray. I want you to wait. So they do. They listened and they obeyed, which is, you know, what I'm teaching my kids, you know, very basic thing, listen and obey. So they do. They listen and obey. They they go to Jerusalem and they're praying for 10 days. They're praying, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then finally, God pours out his spirit and 120 of the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with God's spirit, empowered to be his witnesses now, everywhere they went. And after this uh, newfound empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Peter, the apostle Peter, had this boldness and courage that he didn't have before, and he stood up in the middle of Jerusalem. It was like a festival time. He stood up in the middle of Jerusalem and preached the gospel to thousands and thousands of people. Thousands and thousands of people heard the gospel of Jesus for the first time, and 3,000 people put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah that day, and they were baptized that day. Really quickly, note that as soon as they gave their lives to God, they were baptized. They didn't wait. They didn't have to pray about it. Oh, does God want me to be baptized? Oh, man, I should think about that. I should pray about that. Nope. They knew it was a command from Jesus. Repent and be baptized and they obeyed right away. If you haven't obeyed that command from Jesus yet, if you're a Christ follower and you have not obeyed the command to be baptized, I wanna encourage you, don't put it off any longer. Don't, don't, you don't have to pray about it. You don't have to think about it. This is a command that Jesus asks, not asks, he, he requires of all of his followers. If you've never made the decision to be baptized for yourself, if you've never made that decision for yourself, I wanna encourage you, take that step. Come talk to me after service or let's figure out how to, to make that happen for you because if you're a Christ follower and you've never been baptized, that is your immediate next step. So that's my little plug for baptism. I'll move on now. So, um, so they go from 120 disciples to over 3,000 disciples in one day. 120 to 3,000 in one day and the church is officially established. And I wanna look at how the church in its infancy conducts itself. Acts chapter two, starting in verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, to prayer. They devoted themselves. All the believers devoted themselves. The, The word in the original language is, is it would define de- devote. I'm not going to try to say that Greek word because I don't speak Greek. Um, but that word is defined as this, to adhere to, to be steadfastly attentive unto, to give remitting care to a thing, to continue all the time in a place, to persevere and not faint. To put it in terms that I can understand, these disciples were all in. They were all in on growing. They were all in on on the teaching of the apostles. They were all in on, on the meals together. They were all in on praying together. They were all in. Their lives completely changed to revolve around growing in Christ. Verse 43 A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. These new believers had brand new priorities. These new Christ followers had brand new priorities. Instead of hoarding their possessions, they're now giving stuff away to help people who don't, who don't have means. They're selling their possessions to make sure that nobody within the, the church community goes without, that everybody's taken care of. Growing in Christ was the new priority. Their their priorities had shifted from from things and hoarding things and gathering things to growing in Christ. Growing was the new priority. This, in my opinion, is one of the marks of a disciple. Generosity and, and prioritizing your spiritual health over everything else. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. We see here that the the Christ followers, uh, that this community of Christ followers, they worshiped together every day. They met in the temple and worshiped every day. Um, A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Richard brought an awesome word about worshiping together and and that we were created to worship. And and we see here that the first church, they worshiped together every single day. Now, I'm not prescribing, right, that we come set up church every day and we come do this every day. That's not what I'm prescribing. Um, I'm not saying we need to do that. I'm just making an observation that their worship together wasn't limited to one day a week, It wasn't limited to one day a week. They worshiped together every single day. And worship doesn't mean necessarily singing songs. Worship can be anything. It can be serving together. Worship can be um, um, outreach. It can be witnessing together. That can be worship to the Lord. Just enjoying each other's presence, that can be worshiping too, right? Like fellowship, that's a part of Worship. This is another mark of a disciple of Christ worshiping together. Verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So this this five verses is a snapshot into how the church conducted itself at first, right? When the f- church was first established, this is how they conducted themselves. They were devoted to growing. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to, to prayer. They were devoted to each other. And, and they made sure that nobody was in need. They, they took care of each other. They were a real family. And, and it wasn't just a handful of people. Remember, this is over 3,000 people living this way. 3,000 people had the, the mindset that, you know what, this this house that I have, like, it's not mine. It's the Lord's. And you know what? There's people in my community that need help. And so I'm going to sell this house to help those people. And you know what? I trust God and I trust his people. So even though I don't have a house, I know somebody in the community is going to take care of me, right? This, this was the mindset they have. Again, I'm not prescribing that anybody sell their house and like give the money away. That's not what I'm prescribing, like, that's between you and God. You need to, whatever. Like, <laughs> don't hear me say, give your house away. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to make a point that the health of the community was more the, the most important thing. Growing together as a community was the most important thing to this church. Growing together is of the utmost importance. Also, I want to make the note, too, Verse 47: that when the church is being the church, that's when it started growing numerically. When the church is being the church, when the church is operating the God in the way God intended it to, that's when they started growing. And the, the church didn't make itself grow. The Lord added to the numbers every day because the church was being the church and when we take care of each other and we and we like love each other and we're like selfless with each other that is appealing to people on the outside looking in it is it's attractive to people who aren't a part of this to see like man this group of people they love each other they love each other more than they love their things they love each other more than than X, Y, Z, whatever it is, like they love each other. That kind of love is appealing to people and people are attracted to that and they want to be a part of it. The Lord added to their numbers when the church was being the church. We're called to grow together. We're created to grow together. On the first, on the first page of the Bible, right? God is, he's creating, he's doing, he's doing his thing, creating and, and, um, he looks at all of his creation. He says, it's all good, except one thing. Except one thing. He says, it's not good that man is alone. It's not good for man to be alone. We're created for each other, created to be in relationship with each other. Growing together, this, this is the conclusion of our relationship series. And today I want to look at two aspects of growing together. Two aspects. The first aspect is this. Grow together in Christ Grow together in Christ. Hebrews chapter six, verse one says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. I would define growing in Christ as consistently developing and cultivating our own relationship with him. The author of Hebrews says, let us stop going over the basic things. Let's stop going over the basics. Let's, let's go deeper. Let's go a little bit further. Let's, let's, let's learn more. Let's, let's grow more. Growing in Christ is consistently developing and cultivating our own relationship with him. And we're supposed to do that together. We're supposed to grow in Christ together. When, when we accept Jesus, when we put our faith and trust in him, that is not the end of our faith journey. That's truly the beginning, right? It's truly the beginning, and we are supposed to grow together. We're supposed to grow in our faith together. We're expected to grow in our relationship with the, the Lord, but the cool thing is we don't have to do it alone. We don't have to do it alone. We have an entire community that we get to do that with. Um, I think about... I think about the human body. We'll go back to that analogy. I used that a couple weeks ago, the human body. Think about a little child. When a little child grows, all the body parts of a physically healthy child grow simultaneously, and they grow in proportion to each other. I'll give you an example. My four-year-old son, he wears five T-shirts Okay, 5T, I think T stands for toddler. Maybe some of the moms in the room could correct me, right? He wears 5T shirts. You'll never see a kid that wears a 5T shirt have an adult size 13 shoe, right? Like you, you'll never see that because the body grows simultaneously and in proportion to itself, We, the body of Christ, are supposed to be the same. We're supposed to grow simultaneously and in proportion. I'm not saying that we're all going to go through the same thing and we're all going to grow in the same area, like Holy Spirit is going to put his finger on different areas of our life, but we're supposed to grow together. We're supposed to grow in proportion. We're all supposed to be growing in the Lord, and there are ramifications when we don't. There are ramifications when we don't. Growing is, is, is one of our core values here at Anchor, and every time I talk about it, I say this, growing is not a luxury, it's a necessity. Growing isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. When we aren't growing in our knowledge of the word, when we aren't growing in our prayer life, when we aren't growing in our worship, when we aren't growing in our evangelism, when we aren't growing in the Lord, in our fellowship with each other, everybody suffers, Everybody suffers. When we're not growing, there's a, a less, less of a personal investment on what's happening in the church. When there's less of a personal investment of what's happening, apathy sets in. When apathy sets in, we begin questioning why we do any of this. When we begin questioning why we do this, it becomes really easy to then walk away. Growing is really, really important, and you don't do it alone. You do it with other people in the church. I was raised up in a church culture where we we held each other accountable to personal growth. We challenged each other. We asked each other hard questions. We um, encouraged each other. We um, prayed for one another constantly. We had conversations that would encourage us to grow in the things of God. I'm very blessed because it was always made clear to me that we are supposed to grow together. And I understood that from a very young age in the Lord. Like we we're not supposed to just stagnate. We're not supposed to just just be. We're supposed to be growing, growing in relationship with God as we grow in relationship with each other. That is how God always intended it. So that's the first aspect of growing together that we need to know, growing together in Christ. Our personal relationship with him needs to be consistently developed and cultivated. The second aspect of, of growing together that I want to talk about today is growing together for Christ. Growing together for Christ. Colossians 1 uh, verses 9 and 10 say this, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Growing in your faith isn't just for your own benefit. Growing in your faith isn't just for you. Grow, we, we, we grow together. God wants us to grow together in order to honor Him, in order to please Him, in order for our lives to produce every kind of good fruit. And that fruit, that good fruit that our lives that then begin producing, reflects God to a hurting and broken world. It pushes people who don't know God towards Him. That's what growing does. Growing isn't just for your own benefit. It's, it's for those who don't know him yet. It's for those who aren't here yet. Philippians chapter one, verse 27 says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news when we're united in spirit, when we're standing together, when we're fighting together for, for faith, there's nothing that we should ever fear, right? There's nothing that we should ever be afraid of. And our, our boldness allows us to work towards God's mission. Our boldness allows us to step into the calling that God has on our lives to, to make disciples, to know God, to make him known, to bring hope to all people, right? This is a part of what it means to grow together, uh, when I was early on in my adulthood, right? When I was a young adult, um, before I was married, I worked a part-time job as a server at Applebee's. And um, I worked there with a few of my friends, a few of my friends that um, I served at church with. And um, we were in ministry together and we were all working towards like that, right? We, we were all called to like vocational ministry. We we're working towards that. But we weren't getting, you know, that wasn't our career yet. That wasn't uh, where we were at yet. So we had to pay the bills. So we were all servers at the same Applebee's. And um, it's a cool thing looking back at it. Think about it. Like we did this standing together thing. We did this fighting for the faith thing together. And we didn't even know it. We, we, we didn't even like purposely like set out to do it. But like I look back at it and think about it like, man, that's what we did. We were doing that, and so like me, uh, my friend, my good friend Andy, and uh, my other friend Desi, right? We we all worked at Applebee's together, and um, it was it was cool because we never again we never talked about it. But Applebee's was our mission our mission field. Like the the P, the other co our other coworkers those were our that that was our mission field, and and we all like worked together to be a light at that place. It was because it was dark, it was dark there and and it was oh, it was heavy sometimes, but we worked together to be a light without even really like discussing it right We just kind of operated that way, and um, we all worked together to show the love of God to everybody we worked with, and our coworkers knew what we were about, and they knew that we were people of faith and and the longer that we were there and the more we just loved them and and just just tried to show them god's love the more they began to trust us and the more we were able to then plant seeds the more we were able to push them towards god reflect god to them right and we were doing this together we were doing it together without even really knowing it we just it just so happened to like work out that way. We were, we were like living scripture, right? It's, it's really, it's really cool. Um, And we got to help people experience the love of God when they otherwise wouldn't have. And we did it together because, because me and Andy and Desi and Richard and Corey and all my other friends, like we made, we made it a point, like we're going to grow together. We're not just going to grow individually on our own and like hope that everything works out. No, we're going to, We're going to grow together. We're going to do this thing together. And it produced every kind of good fruit. It was so good. The amount of seeds the three of us planted for the kingdom was invaluable, and it was all possible because we were committed to growing together in Christ, committed to growing together for the purposes of Christ. Worship team, you can come to the platform. Um, There's a short anecdote um, I want to share with you right now um, that I believe sums up my point beautifully. And it says this, it says, between an airplane and every other form of locomotion and transportation, there is one great contrast. The horse and wagon, the automobile, the bicycle, the locomotive, the speedboat, and the great battleship, all can come to a standstill without danger and they can all reverse their engines or their power and go backwards. But there is no reverse about the engine of an airplane. It cannot back up. It dare not stand still. If it loses its momentum and forward drives, then it crashes. The only safety for the airplane is in its forward and upward motion. The only safe direction for the Christian is to take uh, to, to, the only safe direction for the Christian to take is forward and upward. If he stops or if he begins to slip and go backwards, that moment he is in danger. And that was written by C.E. McCartney. And I think it's true. The only, the, the only direction for the Christian to take is forward and upward. But we got to do it together. We're created to do it together. We, we can't do it alone. Remember, if we try to do it alone, we're not going to have success. We can't isolate ourselves from people. We can't shut people out. We have to bring people in. Growing is not a luxury. It's a necessity, and we're all called to grow together. Imagine for a second a relationship with God that's deeper, a relationship with God that's more intimate. This is God's will for us that we would continue to grow in our faith, that we would continue to grow in relationship with each other. We're tied together in every way and that's how God intended it. What if we started cultivating these types of relationships with each other where we, we held each other accountable to continually growing in the Lord. What, what if that happened amongst this group of people? Um, when, again, when I was a, a young man, I was newly married, me and two of my close friends, again, Andy and Richard, um, you don't know them. We probably never will, but that's okay. They're my friends. So. <laughs> uh, me, Andy, and Richard decided, you know what? We're going to take this growing together thing to another level. And we decided on a day, and we chose, we just so happened to choose Mondays. So every Monday for like, I think it was like two or three years, every Monday at 6 a.m., we would meet at Panera Bread and we'd have coffee and breakfast together and we'd share what we're reading in the Bible and we talk about the other books that we're reading and we'd talk about how marriage was going and we'd encourage one another and we'd pray with one another. Every single Monday we did this. Nobody told us to do this. Nobody suggested to us from outside the group that we do this. We just knew like, man, we need to grow together. And so we're going to do this thing together. And Mondays was my day off at the time. Right. And so like, normally I like to sleep in, but I decided like, this is more important than sleeping in. So I'm going to get, I'm going to wake up at 530 so I can be at Panera Bread at six o'clock because this, it's that important. 6am was two hours before both Andy and Richard started their jobs. Right. Like, so like it was that important to them. What if we took this growing together thing seriously and started like investing in one another that kind of way? What if we actually held each other accountable to continually growing in the Lord? Growing in relationship with each other as we grow in relationship with the Lord. That's the way God intended it, and that's, that's my prayer for us today, is that, that we would start moving in that direction. Let me pray for you today. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you... Um, you intended us to be growing together. You tied us together, God. When 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 you brought us back from sin and death, God, you and you tied us together. And I pray, God, today that that nobody would feel condemned, that nobody would feel um, shamed, nobody would feel bad about not doing this. I just pray, God, that today would be the beginning of a new start. If. If there are any in the room today that, that aren't living this, this principle of growing together, God, I pray that, that you would give them the boldness and the courage to begin walking in that. If they, if, if they are living in this, this growing together principle mentality, God, I pray that, that you would give them the, the strength to keep going, to keep growing together, to keep bringing people in because we need each other. We won't be successful without one another. God, thank you. Thank you for your grace and mercy in this area, God. I pray that you would help us to grow. Help us to grow together, God. We love you, we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Really quickly, um, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. Today could be the day where all that changes. Today could be the day where you're bought back from sin and darkness and death and you're adopted into the family of God. If that's you today, you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, I wanna pray with you. Um, At the count of three, I'm gonna ask you, if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand so that I can know who I'm praying with. I'm not gonna point you out, I'm not gonna single anybody out or anything like that, I just wanna know who I'm praying with. So right now, with all heads bowed, all, all eyes closed, if that's you right now, You say, Pastor Ryan, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, God loves you so, so, so much. Two, he's waiting for you to come home to him now. Three, if that's you right now, raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying with. Raise it up high. this is what i don't this is what i want to do right now whether you raised your hand or not whether you're in person or online this is what i want to do i want to pray and i want to ask everybody in the room to to pray with me so that nobody feels singled out nobody feels like like i'm picking on them or anything like that i want to pray if if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't raise your hand but like you're thinking like man maybe i should have I wanna lead you in a prayer right now, and I'm gonna ask everybody to repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, come on, repeat it, repeat it loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I wanna know you more. Draw me close to you, teach me how to love you, and help me submit to you. I confess that I've, sin of, that I've sinned against you, and I repent. I turn from my old life, and I turn to you now. Thank you for adopting me into your family. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those who may have prayed that prayer for the first time today? That's awesome. That's awesome. If you did, if you're in the house today and you did pray that prayer for the first time, welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Um, we don't want you to do this alone. We don't want you to to get started on this journey alone. If you did pray that prayer and 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 it was the first time or, or maybe you prayed it in the past and you needed to come back to God like let, let somebody know. Let me know or go let somebody at the, the info table know. We have resources. We want to put those resources in your hands. We want to get you plugged in. We, we don't want you to do this alone. If you're online and you prayed that prayer like man, let us know so we can get some resources to you. We'll mail them, we'll drop them off, whatever we gotta do, but let us know. So this is what I wanna do right now. I wanna take a moment and I just wanna respond. I wanna respond to the word of God. Uh, Our prayer team would like to come up um, and just, they're gonna be available. If, If you need prayer for something, please, please, please come get prayer. They're not, they don't ever like report back to me what, talk to them about or anything like They're just available because they love prayer, they believe in the power of prayer, and they want to pray with their church family. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to respond. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. You can sing the song if you want. You can sit and meditate. You can pray. You can you, you can pray quietly at your seat, or you can, you can come pray with our prayer team. But whatever you got to do to respond to the Word of God right now, to respond to His Spirit, I want to encourage you to do that, but the worship team is going to lead us. And afterwards, I'll come up and I'll dismiss us. But uh, right now, stand to your feet if you would with me, and let's respond to the Word of God. He's for you. He's for you. I just feel, I feel led right now to just let let us know as a body like he he's for you he's not against you he loves you he wants to be close to you he's for you he's not your enemy he's not Vindictive. He's not waiting for you to mess up. He's, he's for you. God, I pray today that God, that you would help us understand that to the depth of our soul, that you are for us. Understand that. Help me understand that. God, I need to know that you're for me. Help me understand, Holy Spirit. Help me understand it. Help me grasp it. God, today... I pray for, for us as a, a body. I, I pray for this, this growing together thing. I pray, God, that it would become real. It would become real in, inside of us, in our hearts, in our spirits, in our minds, God. It, it wouldn't just be a, a, a nice sermon. It wouldn't just be a, a, a good day at church, but God, today could be the start of something new. Today could be the start of something powerful. Today could be the start of something Spirit-led, growing together in Christ, growing together for Christ. God, this is your will for us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to live this way. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Really quickly, before I dismiss just some next steps, to to be able to take the message and tangibly do something with it. So uh, the the first next step, this week I will memorize Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals and to prayer. They devoted themselves to growing in God and for him. They did it together. This week, I will make myself accountable to one other person in my church family. This is a difficult one. This can be really difficult, but it produces every kind of good fruit. This is the will of God for our lives. And this week, I will sign up for a home group. Home groups are the on-ramp to getting plugged in here at at Anchor. If you're not in a home group, I want to encourage you, like, don't wait get plugged in, jump in now. Like you you can get in a home group and and this is the on-ramp to community here at Anchor. So um really quickly, one one last prayer. I love praying, guys, so I pray a lot. Sorry. One last prayer. Finally, my brothers and my sisters, rejoice. Rejoice in our relationships. Aim for restoration with one another, comfort each other, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here today, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. We will see you next time.